say something. Good morning. Good morning. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who are are humble will be exalted. Hello, my name is Megan, as I'm sure many of you know, and I am the liturgist this morning. In the name of our Creator, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Grace be to you and peace, whether we are old or young, whether we are first-time or long-time worshipers, whether we come full of doubts or confidence, joy or sorrow, in this place we are all family because the Holy Spirit binds us together. I want to extend a special welcome to all of the visitors in our midst and to those who are joining us online. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us to worship today. And for those who are here In person, you know the drill. Please join us following the service for our coffee. Going through the fellowship doors on the left. There's a lot going on in the life at our congregation, much of which can be found in the announcements in your bulletin. I have one announcement to lift up. November has just begun, so of course, it's poinsettia season. (laughs) Right? I don't know. Um, But yes, we uh, are uh, accepting uh, the orders for poinsettias for Christmas. It's going to be here a lot sooner than we think. Uh, So please fill these out uh, and get them back to the church office. Uh, Kim needs them back by the 26th of this month. Um, So we've only got a few short weeks before we need them in. Um, So take care of this today and get it off your plate. We begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle. Whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that whenever two or more are gathered in his name, he is there among them. This morning... I would encourage you to, after we sing our sung response... Don't turn to your neighbor. Get up. Mix it up. Go talk to somebody that you haven't spoken to in a while. Um, And consider this. Every day we are faced with choices. What to wear when we get up. What to have for breakfast. Who we will spend time with or avoid at school, work, or home. Uh, Turn and share with somebody in the sanctuary uh, those choices that you have already made so far today. And if you were to prioritize, what would be most important and what would be least important? What things have managed to distract you or sidetrack you so far today from achieving number one on your list? As we gather near your spirit work within us, as 
as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the image and the words on the front of the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude. Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 13. Oh. Never mind. Let's do the call to worship first. <laughs> first, let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call of worship. God of power, God of wonder, God of fire, God of our ancestors, of prophets, of us all. With offerings of praise, with eyes turned to you, with hands lifted up and hearts freely given, we call on your name and worship you. Now let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 13, They Mighty God with Power Speaks.
congregation, God turns the deserts into pools of water and guides those who have gone astray. Let us confess to God the depth of our need, that we may be saved from trouble. Let us pray together. Lord God, on this day of all days, we come from the storms of life, seeking refuge in your presence. Still our hearts, quiet our minds, let your peace seep into our souls. You, all-seeing God, know the horrors we have seen, the actions in which we take no pride, the regrets we carry, the fears that paralyze us. But here in your presence, we are greeted in love. Not judgment, not condemnation, but pure, unadulterated love. For you gather us up as beloved children, known by name to you, the God of all nations and peoples. As we stand in your presence, despite that all wars within our hearts and minds, may we know your gift of peace that is beyond our understanding. And as that peace settles in, may we come to know the depth of your love and forgiveness and your will that all your people should know healing and wholeness in all of life. Transform our halting praise into hymns of the angels. Transform our faltering prayers into affirmations of hope. Transform our hesitant words into proclamations of peace that might change the world in the name of Christ, Prince of Peace. Amen. Friends, as heirs with Christ, let us lead lives worthy of our calling by offering one another signs of love and peace, the peace of Christ be with you.
my head was bopping along to that. Let us pray. Holy God, draw near to us. And by the gift of your Spirit, let the word of our faith be on our lips and in our hearts. Send us forth to proclaim good news that others may hear and believe, calling on the saving name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Maybe the Spirit doesn't want me to read that scripture this morning, but I'm going to anyway. Our Old Testament lesson comes from the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, beginning to read at verse 17. Listen for the word of God. When Ahab saw Elijah... Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed Baal. Now therefore have all Israel assemble for me at Mount Carmel, with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to all the Israelites and assembled the prophets at Mount Carmel. Elijah then came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping with two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal... Then follow him. The people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets, number 450, let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire is indeed God. All the people answered, Well spoken! Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, for you are many. Then call on the name of your God, but put no fire to it. So they took the bull that was given them, prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, crying, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and there was no answer. They limped about the altar that they had made. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry loud! Surely he is a god. Either he is meditating, or he has wandered away, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. 
Then they cried aloud, and as was their custom, they cut themselves with swords and lances until the blood gushed out over them. As midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation, but there was no voice, there was no answer, there was no response. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come closer to me. And all the people came closer to him. First, he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Then he made a trench around the altar, large enough to contain two measures of seed. Next, he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. He said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Again, he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time, so that the water ran all around the altar and filled the trench also with water. At the time of the offering of the oblation, the prophet Elijah came near and said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant. And that I have done all these things at your bidding. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me, so that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God. And that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, the dust, and even licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord indeed is God. The Lord indeed is God. Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. Then they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the Wadai Kishon and killed them there. God, we thank you for your word, the story of your grace. Who are the voices we listen to? They compete for our attention quite literally every minute of every day vying for our attention, our affection, our loyalty. I imagine that if we were to count up the number of unique, different voices we hear every day for a week, we'd probably lose count by Monday at lunch. There is just so much noise in our world. Who are the powers we cry out to? And 
do they reply? Elijah begins the narrative by asking a question. Ahab has gathered the Israelites together at Mount Carmel along with 450 prophets of Baal. How long, Elijah asks, will you go limping with two different opinions? His compassion is palpable, and he is tender with them. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. It is an echo of Joshua's charge to the Israelites after they have taken possession of Canaan. Choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There is a determined lack of judgment in this question. The tone is almost of the sort of, look, if you really want to go serve Baal, do it. But stop trying to get the best of both worlds. Because that's not how this God, Yahweh, works. And yet the people are silent. There was no voice, no answer, no response. Prophetic ministry in ancient Israel is quite the multifaceted life. Our modern perceptions uh, often perceive prophetic ministry as lonely and contemplative, analogous to a type of desert spirituality associated with Isaiah 40, verse 3, a voice crying out in the wilderness. Most significantly, modern Christians typically correlate prophetic activity to predictions. And whereas prophecy can certainly be contemplative and predictive, this week's reading reminds us that prophetic life is also active, vibrant, exhausting, and requiring of grit and determination. There was no voice, no answer, no response. I imagine that in the face of such silence, especially after such a pertinent, honest, and urgent question, that this overwhelming silence would have been demoralizing to anyone else. It's like the teacher who stands up in front of the class and asks a question about the homework assigned the night before. Sheer, overpowering silence. But instead of sorrow, contemplation, nor portending a future disaster, Elijah pulls himself into action. Within this brief passage and a hostile environment, Elijah does the following. He summons the people, repairs the altar of Yahweh, builds an altar with stones, digs a sizable trench, arranges the offering wood, offering wood, wow, wood, and slaughters a bull. Now these are significant physical tasks. Raise your hand if you've ever dug a sizable hole in the ground. Yeah, 
quite a few of us. What about making significant repairs to a structure? Yeah, not, maybe not as many, but some. What about slaughtered a bull? Wow, we've got one. <laughs> yeah, me either. I, I, I know. But from what I've researched, and Chandra can probably tell us uh, more about this in Fellowship Hall after worship, to do it by hand alone is seriously hard work. And he's doing this in the midst of his enemies. He's the visiting team. The prophets of Baal have home field advantage. They get the ball first, and they get all day to try their hand. They have every advantage possible. Now throughout the first part of the contest, as the prophets of Baal are crying out and in a frenzy to get Baal to reply to them, Elijah is merciless. He mocks them and Baal relentlessly. When I was a senior in college, my roommate was a big Detroit Pistons fan. He loved the Pistons. So... <laughs> So I got to know the Pistons. And, and this was in their championship season. One of their players, Rashid Wallace, was a great trash talker. He would be merciless on and off the court. And he would also get called for fouls a lot. So when the other player would go up to shoot his free throws... And he'd miss. Rashid Wallace would say, ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. And that would get in their heads. And they'd miss more frequently. And that's what I think of when I think of Elijah right now. Oh, maybe he's gone on a trip. There was no voice. No answer. No response. Maybe he's asleep. There was no voice, no answer, no response. Maybe he's off relieving himself. Yeah, that's what the Hebrew says. <laughs> there was no voice, no answer, no response. He is the epitome of a trash talker, and he doesn't let up. There was no voice, no answer, no response. This silence, this lack of response seems to encourage the people and the flurried activity of Elijah inspires a similar response from the people of Israel. They begin to listen to him. They draw near. They fill four jugs of water and pour it all over the burnt offering and the wood, which would at face value appear very risky. Wet wood doesn't burn very well. Trust me, I've been camping in the rain plenty of times. And it can be a futile effort. But then he says, do it again. And they do. 
And then he says, do it a third time. And they do. It's soaked. It's saturated. No flame is going to a spark in this environment. No normal flame. One of the biggest differences in this contest is the way the prophets of Baal call upon their God compared with the way Elijah calls upon Yahweh. The prophets of Baal whip themselves into a frenzy, limping around the altar they make. They cry aloud, oh, Baal, answer us. They cut themselves with swords and lances until the blood gushed out over them. But there was no voice, no answer, no response. On the other hand, Elijah calls upon God. Invoking the names of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. His devotion to God is not for fame, not for glory, not even for bragging rights, which I could totally see Elijah bragging about when all is said and done. Rather, it is for the people. It is quite simply so that the people may know that God is the Lord. A God who does not require them to cut themselves or harm themselves. A God who wants the very best for them. That their hearts would turn back to true worship. So who are the voices we listen to? It can be mighty tempting to listen to some of the voices in our world. Voices that are loud and boisterous. Voices that tell us what we want to hear. Voices that tell us we're right. Voices that tell us that our worldview is the only worldview that is correct. Voices that turn around and demand our loyalty, our allegiance, our very blood. In the end, the God that we follow, Yahweh, the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, continues to draw near to us, continues to call us closer, to pull us in. The promises made and the prayers answered through previous generations continues to be the God of love. The God Elijah calls on, who we call on, is no stranger. The God we call on responds with a voice, a response, an answer. Amen. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we affirm our faith using the words from the Heidelberg Catechism in the bulletin. I believe that the Son of God, through his spirit and word, out of the entire human race, from the beginning of the world to its end, 
gathers, protects, and preserves for himself a community chosen for eternal life and united in true faith. And of this community, I am and always will be a living member, the communion of saints, believers, one and all, as members of this community, share in Christ and in all his treasures and gifts. Each member should consider it a duty to use these gifts readily and joyfully for the service and enrichment of the other members. Amen. Please be seated. And at this time, I would like to invite Liz Egan forward for our Minute for Ministry. Good morning. Um, As I stand up here, I kind of look out and I see myself as a young girl um, over the many years that, um, or or since the many years that I've been a member of this church. Um, I'll admit it, it's been almost 50, and that's kind of crazy considering we're at almost the 200th anniversary, which means I've been a member of this church for a quarter of that that history. That makes me feel really old. (laughs) And anyway... Um, I, I imagine that over the course of, as you know, we're, we're approaching our 200th anniversary as a church, and over the course of that 200 years, there have probably been very many little girls sitting in these same pews, um, thinking probably the same thing. <clears throat> I can't help to be proud of part of this um, community foundation in this town I call home. When the, the first, when the church was built originally 200 years ago, um, <clears throat> it was really built for a community gathering place. And um, I, I believe it was for like the Glassworks um, business that uh, the owner had actually set this up. But um, I feel like um, since, you know, the 200 years um, that this community thinks that we have continued to be that community gathering place for our community. There's been so many gatherings here between Bible studies, youth group, um, funerals, weddings, celebrations, and even a nursery school, which I was part of. But then, you know, obviously always our Sunday services, but it's so much more than just the Sunday services. So as we approach, um, oh, I should say that it hasn't been very easy you know, to keep this community church going for 200 years, but we've done it with the power of prayer, power of God, and then just the power of us as a community congregation. So as we approach our 200th anniversary, I hope everyone is excited as I am. I am on the committee. We'll be um, sharing a lot of information coming up very soon about that. Um, I hope that you're excited as I am to celebrate this amazing milestone Um, We couldn't do it without your stewardship, without your um, donation of time and talent and all that everybody provides. And I could look out here and see, uh, I know something that everybody sitting out there does for this church. And so I know I am personally appreciative of that. Um, So with that said, um, I know everybody got their stewardship letter and envelope, so if you could just read that letter. There was a really interesting story about um, a person that was a steward, um, you know, and wrote a song that we all love so much. I love to tell the story. And then um, 
I hope that you guys can read that letter, reflect on it, and then help um, tell, continue to tell the story of this really amazing church. Beloved, God calls you beloved because God is love. At God's table, there is room enough for all. The prophets warned against religious leaders who tried to lead God's people astray who tried to limit and control God's mercy and grace for their own power and image. If you have ever been excluded from God's table, or from God's welcome, or from God's family, by people claiming to speak in God's name, we apologize. You deserve better. Because God is love. And God's welcome will be wide. And God's table reaches into eternity. All of who you are is welcome here. Come and be fed. Let us pray. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our praise. Creating and redeeming God in Adam, Abraham, and Moses, in Deborah, Esther, and Mary. You have chosen not simply to direct the course of events, but to be in relationship with us and to entrust your children with the embodiment and exercise of your will. In the dying and rising Christ, you give us not just a savior, but an example. And in every generation, you call people to imitate the pattern of his life and death. And so witness to your glory. You call us not to be heroes who go it alone, but saints whose every breath depends on others and on you. We rejoice that those saints take their place in the company of heaven, with whom we join in singing the unending hymn of your joy and praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Transforming God, in this gathering, you take the fruit of the vine and human hands and make them a blessing for your people now and forever. As our earthly bodies decay and die and resemble your son's body taken down from the cross, Send your spirit and remake us 
in the image of your son's resurrected body. <coughs> that our scars may become signs of your glory and our hearts may be one with yours. Sanctify this bread and cup that they may be for us the body and blood of your son Jesus Christ who at supper with his disciples took bread, gave you thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper he took the cup. Again he gave you thanks and gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Great is the mystery of the faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Resurrecting God, bless those who mourn, that they may be comforted. Bless the poor in spirit, that they may inherit the kingdom of heaven. Bless the pure in heart, that they may see you. Visit those who face death amid persecution and violence, that they may know the gladness and rejoicing of your kingdom. Be close to any who end their days in agony and isolation, that they may enter the joy of their reward. Where your children feel all is lost, meet them in their fear. Touch them in their loneliness and raise them by your mercy, so that on the last day, when you bring a new heaven and a new earth, they may discover you as an infinite circle, whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere, and be changed from glory into glory with and by you, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and hear us as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, come, for all things are now ready. Thank you. 
Friends, what joys and concerns do we have to lift up this morning? Shannon. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Atticus. Thank you for everybody who prayed for him uh, these past couple of weeks. He's back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Chandra. 
wonderful. Oh, that is a joy. Absolutely. Danielle. Thank God for the nurses, and I do think that God has the instruction manual on that. (laughs) Nancy. Congratulations. seen uh, the news clippings on the bulletin board of Jackson um, he, he's just doing incredible um, so okay well We praise God uh, for Vivian Rose. Boy, two births to celebrate this morning. What a joy. Um, and we pray uh, Thanksgiving that George uh, George's eye was caught quickly and uh, that they were able to uh, 
get, get you in right away. Uh, we pray for your recovery. And we pray Thanksgiving that Myra is having more good moments um, uh, as they recover. So uh, praise God. Others. Megan, you ready? <laughs> so during our prayers, we've got a sung response. Um, I encourage you to open up your hymnals to page 760. We will be singing verse 6. I'm going to sing it once, and then we'll sing it together once, and then we'll go into the prayers. Thank you for your faithfulness from generation to generation, for your promises that we know we can count on, for the hope that we have, pa have in you, past, present, and future, and for the knowledge that you are in every beginning and in every ending. God, you have provided a place of safety for all races, all nations, for all who call on your name. You turn no one away, but embrace all humanity in the grasp of your love. Great living God, never fully known, joyful darkness far beyond our seeing, closer yet than
We cannot imagine how far your love reaches or the grasp, the assurance and comfort that countless people have known through the ages as your strength and courage was poured out in times of fear and distress. But we know that here, in this place, and in this time, you will not disappoint. You will not fail your people when they call on your name. You who are from everlasting to everlasting. Even when we forget, even when history and events sink into the mists of times, your arms stretch wide to encompass all humanity. Through time and eternity, it is that in hope that we lay before you now those places of conflict in our world today. God, may we never be insured to suffering, to war, to loss of life, but may We always bear the pain that you bear, the pain that galvanizes us to action, to hope for, to create the world of justice and of peace that you will for all of your people. May we see your arms stretched over our world in agony and in love, and may we be moved to work to make your kingdom a present reality rather than a future hope. Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, so be it. Depart to bless and serve the world. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit to sing our final hymn, number 694, Great God of Evening Blessing.
beloved, the Lord is God. The Lord alone is God. May the cry of the people be our cry too. In a world where conflicts rage, nations are torn apart, and the horror of war is so visible, may we be the change makers, the peacemakers, the people of God, blessed and inspired by God in our lives. Go in peace, remembering who you are and whose you are. Amen. Amen.